Amy Ingerbetson here, professional skier, dog mom, cat lover, podcaster, and your host for Warren Miller Entertainment's Long Underwear. In this podcast, we are sitting down with world-class athletes and industry legends. Nothing is off limits except for one rule. After introductions, there are no more mentions of skiing or snowboarding allowed. We are stripping off the layers and getting to know the skiers and riders underneath the gear. Welcome to Long Underwear. Hi, I'm meteorologist Joel Gratz with Open Snow. A typical powder day in Colorado brings snow quality that is 15 to 1, or 15 inches of snow to 1 inch of liquid, and this quality will give you some face shots. Now, if you get snow that's 20 to 1, that's blower, and you'll likely be in the white room for your whole run. If you want to learn more about how and where to find the best snow, go to opensnow.com or download the Open Snow app for Android or iPhone. Hey everybody, welcome back to Long Underwear. I, of course, am your host, Amy Ingerbretson, and today on the podcast, I have the wonderful, amazing Hillary Nelson. Hello, and welcome Hi. to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Amy. It's yes. like to be here. It's like we could make this work. I know. So schedules. where are we right now? Literally. Um, at home, which I feel like I'm never <laughs> at home. We're in Telluride, Colorado, and uh, you're here yeah. visiting, doing some work, and so our paths have aligned. Yeah, it's great. we're sitting in your living room in Telluride, looking yeah. like out at coulars and stuff. Yes. That I'm just Bear like, Creek. It's like the best view. That's my first Creek, time. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's where. It's if gorgeous. you'd had time, we were, I was going to drag you out there, but yeah, um, another time. I'll be back. Yeah. I have to be back. Yeah. But um, yeah. So you're you're a ski mountaineer. That's your your career, your life, and so um, you're a legendary ski mountaineer. Um, And so just tell everybody a little bit about like what that looks like, you know, like. Uh, I mean, wow, it's taken on so many different forms than from when I started. So I just started as a regular ski bum and then I went to Chamonix and started climbing along with skiing and that kind of turned into competing, which turned into sponsorships and that turned into climbing bigger mountains and going more remote and so now I feel like I I, I'm an expedition climber and I spend a lot of time on big expeditions which really means that I carry my skis a lot more than I'm actually skiing Skiing. downhill on them (laughs) but um but it's okay I, I love it I love the uphill as much as the downhill and uh it's you know it's also turned into um I do just like a lot of public speaking, a yeah. lot of I'm involved with different nonprofits. Um, so it's kind of expanded out a lot. I've gone from just like the newbie on the North Face team to being the sort of like global team athlete leader. team captain, yeah. you know, from Conrad Inker. And um, yeah, it's just become kind of a crazy trajectory that I never imagined, but I, I love it. And so your most recent kind of major accomplishment um, was skiing Lhotse, yeah, which is a 27,000 foot high, give or take, peak in the Himalaya. Yeah. Yes, Just yeah. 10,000 foot view, like tell people a little bit about it and then they can go watch your recent film. Yes, yeah, so um, this happened in the fall of 2018 and I had climbed Lhotse before, uh, connected, I kind of connected it with Everest in 2012 and... People have been trying to ski the Lhotse Kuar for many years, but it's just such a really difficult thing to get all the right conditions and weather and everything coming together for that high of an altitude. And so I went back in 2018 with Jim Morrison and Dutch Simpson and Nick Kalish uh, filming it and 
we just had, we pushed really hard, but the stars also aligned quite incredibly for us to make it to the summit in the fall season when there's no other climbers. Mm. So we're kind of putting in the whole route and everything. And then snow was, I mean, pretty good for an 8,000 meter peak. So, yeah. Well, yeah. you, you guys have a wonderful film and yeah. people can Lotse. watch it online. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. So go watch Lotse and you guys will see. All yeah. And it's it. not so long. It's only like 22 minutes. Or it's really cool so, though. Yeah. It's totally worth a watch. I, I loved it. Won a powder award, best documentary, right? Yeah. 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 That's cool. Yeah. Um, so just, we'll stay on the ski topic slightly longer. Um, but you're, wildly accomplished, very well recognized, like one of the more famous people like in the action sports ski industry. Like you, Men's Journal named you one of the most adventurous women of the last 25 years in 2018. Nat Geo named you Adventure of the Year. And so I guess what I kind of want to know is like, what's it like to be like, to have gained that level of recognition and accomplishment? And like, how do you deal with that? Because like, I even like, if someone recognizes me in a bar, like, I feel weird about it. So, like, I yeah. can't imagine being you and, like, how, what's that like? I mean, to be honest, I don't – I'm not – it's not like I'm recognized very often. <laughs> I still think gaining notoriety in this sport is such a niche sport. It's kind sure. of a small world. But, but yeah, it has changed. It, it yeah. has changed a lot just in the last five years. Right. And I think some of that is because I just made – a bunch of changes in my life and started going after these really big objectives from a place of passion versus escape. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I just, I, I love it, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think hopefully maybe that's where some of the recognition is just coming from is that people see how much I love what I do and how lucky I feel. And, uh, it's, it's led to success recently. And mm-hmm. I mean, I've been doing it for 20 years, which mm-hmm. is so crazy. Um, that's a really long time. Yeah. So, um, I've learned a lot. I've had, I've been so, you know, blessed to have amazing climbing partners, like 99% of the time yeah. and just really great experiences. So I get a lot from being able to do these public speaking events and share some of those stories and those successes and the failures and all of that. And I think that's led to some of the recognition. Well, I think that's what makes it like someone like me when I, before I've had the chance to know you and now getting to know you a little bit more, um, it's just really inspiring that, that way. And you, I'll just say yeah. this, you're one of the few people that I would get out on some of these mega missions. With. Oh, nice. I'm it intimidated. Is, like, yeah, it's intimidating. I'm intimidated, but I would do it with you. Well, that's good. That means a lot. I mean, as I, long as someday yeah. you come ski take KT with me. Oh my gosh. Can you believe <laughs> I've like really never, I've never skied KT on a good day. Just come ski KT Which is ridiculous. Me. Okay. Okay. All right. So deal. we're going to transition to the non-ski part of okay. the podcast. It's called the S word and okay. we don't say it. Okay. Are you down? Yeah. Cool. I'm down. Okay. My first question is I want to know what your favorite part of a normal day at home is. Like a day like today where you're not shooting, you're not guiding, you're not planning an next, you're just home being normal, Hillary. Like what's your favorite part of that time at home? Ooh, I, I mean, I'm kind of a like homebody. So when I'm, I travel so much, when I'm home, I just, I like being home. Yeah. I like nesting. So basically, I mean, today I had both my kids home with me because it's just not that nice of a day. And my older son just got injured. And so that is one thing that I really like and just doesn't happen very often is getting to just be home and have both kids, have home. both kids home and 
you're watching a movie and it's like icky out and yeah. you know um, nice. I grew up in Seattle. I'm used to like hanging out in Seattle yeah. in the rain and being inside. Um, I really like I really like folding laundry. How weird is that? I love it is folding like, laundry. It is like a meditation. Is I it love not? folding towels because yeah. I can make them perfect. Yeah, exactly. Like, sometimes like and men's Shirts, clothes are yeah. nice, but some of my clothes are super hard to fold yeah. just yeah. so. But like towels. But kids clothes and like jeans and towels. Yeah. And I did a bunch of sheets today. I'm like, oh, I can yeah. really, I get, it's, I it's totally such a weird thing. I totally I feel why, you on that. But I love it. Yeah. yeah. I mean. I don't love it day in and day out, but like if I get to have a day at home, I'm like, I do some laundry, yeah. and get stuff clean. Yeah. So that's I can that totally and relate. hanging out with kids. Although that's... kids are a little crazy, but yeah. It's all good. Especially when they're broken. Yeah. Yeah. When they're broken, it's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. Well, we hope your son, he just broke his collarbone yesterday or two days ago? Uh Friday afternoon. Oof. Yeah. So a couple days ago. Yeah. Hopefully he gets better soon. Send yeah. healing vibes. So kind of speaking of being home and speaking of Telluride, and I want to talk about Telluride avoiding the S word part of the yeah. town. And I want to know, like, it's such an interesting town. It's very consolidated. It's <laughs> yeah. very remote. So I want to know a couple of things about the community of Telluride, like what it's like as in the people that are here all the time. And then what's Telluride like in the summer? Because it's almost like I want to come back here in the summer. Yeah. I as mean, much as the winter. I mean, summer almost... I love the winter here because I just know my way around the mountains so well. But summer is incredible. I'd say we're probably busier in the summer now mm-hmm. than we are in the winter. Mm-hmm. And there's a festival every weekend. So there's great music that comes to town. There's incredible hiking. And, you know, for me to be able to train in the summertime, I just like walk right out, walk right out my door <laughs> and go up to like these ridges. And yeah, you can, and you can get up to like 13,000 feet. Right oh, away. Right, right away. Yeah. I mean, I think. Because we're high. What elevation is town? So 8,800 feet. Yeah. 8,750 is basically town. It's pretty high. And then, you know, the top of the ski area is almost 13,000 feet. Mm-hmm. So, but in the summer, you can still kind of take, oh, I used the S word. Oh. It's okay. Just um, one. It wasn't a bad, that wasn't one. a bad violation. Yeah. Oh, uh, but in the summer, you can take the gondola up and then you can hike, hike up, up from there. And I think my favorite thing is the ridge connecting that you can do, the ridge mm-hmm. running and mm-hmm. like connect. I mean, you can connect five, six, seven. I've done as many as like 13 peaks in one day. Oh my gosh. Just from like staying wow. up high on a ridge. It's so, it's like so cool. Wow. Uh, and then, you know, just the the people that live here, it's a small town, which yeah. is mostly good. Sometimes, you know, you're like, wow, this is a really small town. But yeah. for the most part, it's a really awesome town. Like you just always have somebody to go do something with and people are... So just helpful and thoughtful and, you know, we don't, we're not, we're not a town. Yeah. The vibe is really welcoming for such a small remote town. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel like people here are like isolating themselves. Like they're really happy and inviting and. Right. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's great, you know, and I think as, as town gets busier, it's funny because in the summertime, I feel like it's hard to connect with locals because Mm, there's so many people in town and it's just really busy but then you have these off seasons in the spring and fall where you know there's like tumbleweeds blowing down the street and most everything's closed and like a lot of people leave town but when you have kids in there in school you don't leave town and that part's awesome yeah yeah that's cool I like it I want to spend more time this is my first time in Telegrad oh you've never been here never ever Mm -mm. no so it's really cool I've always wanted to come it's gorgeous um we'll have to get you back okay my next question is if you had a superpower what would it be? What would you choose? 
Ooh, so I kind of go back and forth between invisibility and flying. So flying, I get like that's a pretty yeah. That would be just so cool. But right. tell me about why and why invisibility. Well, invisibility, I feel like you could like do all of those things. Like you could sneak onto planes and be fun flying anywhere you that, wanted. It just sounds like sneaky. <laughs> it is a little sneaky. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't want to do it because I wanted like eavesdrop on anybody. Yeah. I would want to do it just because I could like just move around, move around, and, with and maybe I kind of like tie it into. Not just invisibility, but like, 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 um, what is it like Star Wars when you like transport yourself from one right. place to another? Yeah, like almost like, uh, like shape shifting. Beam, beam me down, stuff. Scotty. Yeah, like yeah. shape shifting. That kind of thing would be yeah. pretty cool. I get that. I yeah. would love to obviously be able to zap myself. Yeah, places. zap yourself somewhere would be, cool. be really nice. Invisibility, though, I feel like it would be too tempting to like misuse it. I know. I would be tempted to too. do like yeah. be naughty. And yeah. And then you don't want to like you know eavesdrop I mean? and stuff. Yeah, it would be too tempting. I know. Then you inevitably hear something you don't want to exactly. hear. Exactly. And that would suck. But um, yeah, maybe it's more just like a, a beam me, beam yeah. me anywhere I want to go. Yeah. It would be pretty that sweet. That would be so nice. Yeah. It would be so nice. Someone, um, Glenn Plake said he wanted to have clones. So we could have people oh. doing all the things you oh, wanted you to know, do. Oh, you'd have no once. FOMO. So you'd have like one like central like <laughs> – brain that was yeah. feeling the the good things of all the things you're doing at once but you would never have to say like no to anything because like I think in yeah. our world that's like the give and take like to say yes to one great thing you're definitely saying no to one or two or five right. other great things but then I think you would like not be able to really like enjoy the one moment the one thing that you're in I don't know that it's might be point. like it's a good point it'd be like too many web pages open in your yeah. brain or oh. something I'm glad you can't yeah. see my computer screen <laughs> yeah. right now. It's a disaster. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Um, okay, my next question is, um, what's the best advice that anyone's ever given you? Ooh, the best advice, and it's funny because I, over the years, have sort of forgotten who actually told me this, but it was a good girlfriend of mine, and she, it was when I first got pregnant, and I was freaking out about how I could um, keep, skiing and keep having this life and going on expeditions and what that would look like as a mom and how my, you know, I destroy my kids. And, and she was like, however you choose to raise your kids will be normal to them. Mm. And, you know, flash forward now 12 years and, um, it's crazy. Like it's hard to envision raising other kids outside of how you grew up because you only have that one version of how you were raised. But now, you know, my kids are just like, oh, you're going to Tibet. Okay, sweet. How long are you going to be gone? You yeah, know? no big We're deal. like, we want to go. We want to go on this yeah. expedition. And I mean, it is. It's just totally normal to them. And, and However cool. you raise your kids will be normal to them. That's such a good way to kind of yeah. look at a lot of things in life, though, because, like, a, there's so much, like, societal expectation on basically right. any part of our life. I mean, yeah, as as a mom, just as a as a as a woman, as someone who works full time, like there's so, like you really can just, basically the way I took that is like you can create normal. Right. You can create <laughs> You normal. can that's create an, your own normal amazing, out of anything. That's such an amazing like way to think of basically everything. Yeah. Like I think yeah. that's like applicable to basically everything. Yeah. Like you life. don't have to be the way your Anybody sister you is yeah. or the way like you grew up or right. how you were taught like you can really it, it, I mean it really opens you yeah. up to like think about things differently I love that this is kind of like a selfish question on the podcast because I feel like I'm getting like I don't have a therapist right now yeah. so I'm like oh, God. okay I need a therapist yeah <laughs> fill me in here <laughs> 
Um, okay, one more kind of lighthearted question. What's your most irrational fear? So not it can't be like a normal fear of like avalanches or hazards yeah. of your oh, life. My, yeah. Irrational. The, the one fear, and I've definitely said this before, but it's so, I feel like it's super irrational, but I'm super afraid of having, um, of being too comfortable and mm. like of having like my days be the same. Mm. I, it's like, like I have like, so like sweaty nightmares about just being stuck in, it's almost like thing. Groundhog Day or something. Really? Yeah. How weird. Isn't that I weird? I wonder where that comes from. I don't know. Maybe I should get a therapist I mean, and ask them why. We all should probably have therapists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it is, it's like, I just get super yeah. afraid. And I think part of that is, like also getting older and not wanting to take the same risks and like the just like the dulling down of life mm. um, really just like, like how to terrifies keep, me. keep your life spicy but not necessarily put yourself in the kind of harm's way that you yeah have yeah and I think maybe it's just like being open to learning like never being like oh, I know everything but it but it would also you know just just doing the same the thing over and over again as like day. an aging person you can be to stay open as an because I think a lot of yeah. people as they age their minds close yeah and so to keep your mind open as you age has always been something I've tried to be really cognizant of but part of me like I mean I'm not old by any means no. but sometimes I feel myself having this moment with uh less adrenaline in my yeah. life like those times I start all of a sudden like craving it a little yeah. bit where it's like I feel like I can like breathe. And so maybe there's like a, an, a balance of like finding that spice for life, but then also having this moment to like breathe a yeah. little bit or something. And like appreciate the, appreciate the, the calmness and the small appreciate things. Appreciate the perfectly folded right. towel. And I guess, I know, <laughs> but there's perfectly gotta be a balance. folded pillowcase. Yeah. But I feel like you can't really appreciate that unless you You're do going have that, like you have that, that adrenaline side. and you have, and, and I, I think so much of my life has been about pushing into things I'm not good at, pushing into things I don't know a lot about. But that's like maybe and the it's public brought me a lot of joy. And stuff yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, that thing was way harder. That yeah. was so hard for me to like. I recently just did my first like major public speaking thing with you. I oh, yeah. hosted the POW so panel good. at that the was, outdoor retailer. Yeah. There was like 1,300, 1,500 people yeah. there. And I've done a lot of speaking in front of cameras and behind microphones, but I had never spoken in front of a room that but that many people. Yeah. And because I, I really had never it's, done anything like it before. And I was like, you know, it's really the hard to protect our winners were like, can you do this? I was like, we'll find out. I can't. We? I guess we'll <laughs> find out on the big and stage. I was so nervous at first. I think like you guys could tell I was really nervous. Like the first two minutes. I don't. Yeah. My boyfriend, in the audience said you totally couldn't tell. Yeah. But then I, I you but then I tell. like relaxed into it. Yeah. It got really cool. But it felt like to me, like, again, like, I mean, that's like the same thing as like starting this podcast. Yeah. Warren Miller was like, you should do a podcast. Like, do you think you can do that? I was like, well, I don't, I don't know. know. We'll sure find out. out. <laughs> I think that's like, that's like 99% of the battle is being, is saying yes. Yeah. And trying it. Try, saying yes without being certain. Right. Which yeah, is really exactly. scary. And it's super scary, yeah. but I really, I think so many people are so averse to that, but it's amazing. Yeah. And for like, there's definitely times I have, it has not gone well but, <laughs> but most of the time it does go well or at yeah. least you learn something yeah. or maybe you make a fool out of yourself but like then whatever. you try it again yeah. and you get better and whatever like yeah. who cares I know um, that's good yeah I like that I like that that's a that's an interesting the fear of extreme repetitiveness you know? <laughs> yeah I can understand that being 
and irrational yeah. slash rational for your feel. That makes sense. But yeah. um, it's kind of a perfect segue because we're going to go into our Protect Our Winners sponsored okay. question, our POW question of the podcast. So um, I kind of want to dive a little deeper with you. And um, I've gotten to know you really because of Protect Our Winners. And we yeah. went together in D.C. this fall lobbying on Capitol Hill. And we went to the Protect Our Winners Athlete Summit. Yeah. And so it's kind of like a two-part question is I want to know what being an advocate or a climate advocate means to you. But then I also want you to talk about like this term climate advocate or climate mm-hmm. activism mm-hmm. is like to me feels really intimidating as, yeah. as someone who's recently decided to put on the jacket of a climate advocate. It was it was so intimidating for me to get there. So like tell, tell us like how you view that role and then how like other people could maybe get to that role. Like maybe bring it back to, to – Real life, you know? I mean, it's been kind of a, like, I was definitely in the same boat in terms of being really intimidated by the whole thing. And I guess it was through Protect Our Winners that they, they through patience and, and throwing me to the wolves on occasion, like sending me to Davos, we talked about this yes. in the, in the um, panel where I went to Davos, like in my first few months with Protect Our Winners and ended up on a panel with like Al Gore and, oh and just, it was insane. <laughs> and um, I was so nervous and still I kind of feel like I didn't do that great of a job, but I did it. And that like kind of broke, the broke the glass ceiling for me, broke the ice, whatever. And so now, you know, I don't, I feel more comfortable talking about it. And I think for me, it helps to be a climate advocate because I've been to some of the most incredible remote places and I'm so passionate about those places and 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 working towards keeping them for my kids' generation, yeah. for the future. And I think a big part of it too for me came from having kids and you know, having a couple of winners in Telluride where basically we didn't have winner and yeah. being like, what, what, you know, I can't not do anything. I have yeah. to do something. Like, you know, what am I going to tell my kids when I'm 90 years old and and their winners are gone or, or, you know, they don't have trails to go hike on. Like I have to do something. Yeah. And I think it's not perfect. That is a big part of what being an activist or being willing to try it is that you have to accept that you're not perfect in your activism. Yeah. And we talked about that too, like the right. imperfect activist. Yeah. I fly in planes, I drive a car, I try to ride my bike as much as possible, but I still drive a car. I, I saw you riding your bike in yeah. town by the gondola. Oh, the other yeah. Day. Yeah. I supermaned off my bike the other day. Oh, my oh God. God. Oh, God. Um, but table that story. Table that story. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I think for me, I had to get to a place where I felt like I didn't have a choice. Mm. And second, I have a lot of places I love, but a few places really in particular that I feel so strongly about. The Arctic Refuge, for one, and POW has helped so much give me a voice for that place. And... uh, because you can be like the eyes for people that, you know, have never seen the Arctic Refuge or yeah. have never even seen a glacier maybe. But I think your point of the imperfection of it all is that like, I know I felt held back. Like I don't want to speak up because I'm afraid of hypocrisy. Yeah. Um, right. And, but the idea. And like, people, no, especially on social, social media, people social like. Social media is terrible. It's terrible. They'll call you out for being the, a hypocrite. But, yeah. But, that's, but what's but the alternative? You have to speak you know, up because like, our society is driven completely by fossil fuels, and we have to, it's not going to be a perfect journey. Right. 
But like, it's kind of hard because I think people kind of go, okay, yeah, like I, I get that. I think I get it. I think I have confidence. But like, what's what's like the step that people can take or what's the step that like you took where like it, for you, it sounds like speaking publicly in an event yeah. really just shifted it for you. But, yeah. um, you know, for me, it was the chance to go to Washington, but I wonder like, what are advices for people that don't have those opportunities to like, I, I think even just calling your representative, like is yeah, scary I mean, the first vote. time. It's 2020. Vote. Yeah, vote. vote for sure. Please vote. I mean, please vote, like <laughs> vote. But, and, and just, I wish people, I, I know it's, so hard right now, but if people could stop seeing Republican and Democrat and vote on issues that yeah. they really care about and feel passionately about, I mean, that's a great place to start. Yeah, There's plenty of information about everybody running from presidency to your local governor or your local representative. And if you are passionate about climate, as everyone should be, and understanding well, that, just, that it's important- if you're passionate about like your- what you get to do. I mean, public such a big word, but like, yeah. do you hike? Do you walk? Do you take ski trips? Do you, yeah. whatever it is, like those things, like that's what it is to be passionate about the climate. Yeah. To be passionate about your time in beloved outdoor spaces. Yeah. Which that's, I, mean, and for I think, me, can bring yeah. us all together. Yeah. I think, I mean, having outdoor spaces in cities in, you know, across the country is absolutely crucial to our mental well-being yeah. and oh, wow. we can we can see what's going on with just our our mental health right now yeah. and having these spaces having a place I have Bear Creek which I look at every single day and if I'm about to like lose my mind I go walk up Bear Creek yeah. and whether it's 10 minutes or two hours and that's climate mm -hmm. that's, that's voting caring about the that's caring about climate that's caring about just our, our world and um, I guess our, the moral of that story is just that like and kind of what I've been trying to communicate lately is just that like like we're intimidated too but like yeah. do it anyway it's kind yeah. of like the, the the lesson we were talking about earlier is like you just do it anyway do it anyway even yeah, if you're scared yeah because like find you I think all of us especially people listening to this podcast like have somewhere outdoors that they absolutely love yeah and so yeah, yeah. If you're intimidated, it's okay it's for everybody else to be intimidated. I mean, I'm like so non-confrontational. Take away climate and, activist yeah. and take just put it like just outdoor lover. Those yeah. are synonymous terms. Yeah, totally. So cool. Okay, well, good. Pow. Okay, check out Pow. They'll help you guys out. Yeah, okay. and Pow does also have a lot of info if you go into the website. They have a lot of info about everybody. They have a lot of resources. Yeah, too. a lot of resources just to learn about what different. Uh, politicians feel about different parts of this whole climate issue. So, and if like you want to find your representative and call, they have all yeah. those resources right there yeah. on their website. Yeah, um, awesome. Okay, so can we circle back to you flying off your bike? Oh yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. I walked away from it. Yeah, I. It was. It's really icy. Have you noticed how yes, icy the streets it's very are? Icy. And this car like pulled in front of me and stopped, and I like hit the brakes, and my my bike just went sideways so fast, and I just like fully Superman, but I landed on the black ice, so I just slid. Oh my gosh! It got really muddy. Oh but my I gosh! But you were okay. I was fine. Yeah. <laughs> but the story I was gonna tell you about is a time I Supermaned off my bike, and I was not okay. This was like a couple years ago. My kids were pretty Watch little. Watch out for bikes. Jeez. I know. Okay, okay. This was Story. like, it wasn't icy or anything. I was like pretty much messing around with my phone and I hit my front brake really hard and I super ran off and I broke both my wrists and my elbows. Oh my God. I know. Both really elbows? Bad. Both elbows. 
And my mom was out visiting and she ended up having to stay for like three weeks and like do everything. I mean, you have no feed arms. Me. Yeah. I had no arms. I couldn't drive for like eight weeks. You can't even feed yourself. I couldn't feed myself. You can't. You can't. I mean. You can't go to the Yeah. Yeah. Think, think, <laughs> yeah. Play yeah. that forward. Everything. And my kids, I think they were like three and five. So this is a oh, little. Oh, no. no. Yeah. They were pretty little. Oh, Maybe they were a little older than that, but they were young. And then a couple weeks later- my son pulled a filing cabinet down on him and crushed his leg, crushed his tib fib. And he was too young to have crutches or anything. So he's in a wheelchair. Oh my God. You're younger or older? Older one. Oh my goodness. And I just remember being like locked up in our, my house with him. And I was turning 40. I turned 40. With, like while that, you were while in your double was, cast. While I was in like double arm slings, he was in a full leg cast. And... I remember like freaking out and it was December and I like he would the way we would get around is I would like kneel down and then I'm doing this because I'd hold my arms really funny and then he would crawl up on my back and I would like piggyback him around the house and I took him one day down and I put him in the stroller and I took the dog leash and strapped the dog leash around my waist and strapped it to the stroller and then was walking around town and people tourists who didn't know me were coming up and they're like can I help you oh my god and I'm just like no walking around town losing my mind but that was that's my other bike story wow yeah thank god that didn't happen again it didn't happen again I know god that is a disaster story it was a disaster but it's like it was kind of funny I mean it's funny now now because I don't get hurt doing the s stuff as much as I do like Walking into <laughs> light poles and like tripping <laughs> off of sidewalks and falling off my bike. <laughs> I'm totally the same way. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> like my stairs in my house oh are my like God. the biggest hazard of my I, life. I've slipped down the stairs so many times. Especially carrying laundry. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh it's gosh. true. And then all your perfectly folded laundry ends up like in a heap at the bottom. Um, well, kind of come to the end. There's one thing we do on every podcast and it's called Two Highs and Loads. So I want to kind of wrap it up with asking you – to tell me two highs and one lows of being a mom. Uh, two highs and one low? Mm-hmm. The Well, I mean, highs are just watching your kids accomplish something. That's mm-hmm. a pretty good high. So, yeah. like, for my kids right now, they're in ski racing and doing – when they do well and they really put a lot of work into it, that's a super big high for me. It's yeah. awesome. Um, another high with the kids is when uh, they, like – spontaneously help around the house it's incredible <laughs> then I'm like oh my god all that yelling and screaming is actually paying off spontaneous um, spontaneous I mean, that's a high of my life when my boyfriend chores. spontaneously yeah. chores <laughs> it's like awesome <laughs> um the low I mean obviously my older son just like broke his collarbone and basically his ski season is over yeah. and that's just a low you know just, just watching him just watching him be. it's almost like their highs are your highs and their yeah. lows are your lows yeah for sure yeah um but, understand that. you know, I mean, with kids, you kind of, you get highs just from hearing them say please and thank you from like, <laughs> you know, like being, because I have two boys and watching them like be nice boys is yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. That's good. I love yeah. it. Well, that's our time. Okay. Thanks. That's that was, it. Thank you so awesome. much for coming on the podcast, letting me come to your beautiful home. Yeah. Check you. out your great views. Um, for people that want to keep following you or yeah. stay in touch, that kind of thing, what's the best place? Uh, Instagram is one of the best places. So just Hillary Nelson. Yeah. Um, and same with Facebook is another place I 
probably pay more attention to Instagram than right. Facebook, but those are the two places. Better places. And, yeah, or my, and I have a website too. Lotse Film is great. Yeah. Um, through North Face, all of that. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm sure people will continue to follow you. Thank you. As you're such an amazing presence in the whole outdoor community. So, Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. And hopefully we'll yeah. get to go back to, I don't know, D.C. together, go skiing I know. Together. I want to do that again. That trip, that September trip with Pa, that was cool. Yeah. I really learned a lot. Well, at the very least, let's touch base in Tahoe in the spring, yeah. summer. And go skiing. Let's yeah. go for a ski tour. Yeah. Sounds okay. good. Awesome. All Thanks, right. Amy. Thank you so much. Thank you guys all for listening. I'm, of course, at Amy Ski on Instagram. And I appreciate you guys listening in. I hope you're having a great winter, doing a lot of the S word and enjoying it. And uh, we will catch you next time on Long Underwear. Snow. I love snow. I love skiing and a lot of snow. And I know a lot of you do too. I don't like to imagine what the future of my home ski hill will look like with warming winters. And that's why I started getting involved with Protect Our Winners. I wanted to make sure that I was doing everything I could to protect those places that make me who I am. So when people ask me what they can do, I always say using our voices is the most important thing we can do to protect this amazing passion that connects us all. Protect Our Winners is there to help. Pledge to vote with POW, and they'll make sure you have the tools and information you need to stand for your playground. Learn more at protectourwinters.org. This podcast was brought to you by Warren Miller Entertainment, who you can follow on social media at Warren Miller ENT to keep the good times rolling. Long Underwear was produced by me, Amy Ingerbretson, as well as Jesse Hackett and Jessica McGee from the Warren Miller Entertainment team. 